The Rumble in the Jungle was an historic boxing event in Kinshasa, Zaire, which is now the Democratic Republic of the Congo. It happened on October the 30th, 1974. And that fight pitted the undefeated world heavyweight champion, George Foreman, against challenger Muhammad Ali. More than 60,000 people attended the stadium event and an estimated one billion viewers, about a quarter of the world's population at that time, about a billion viewers watched at home by television as the underdog Ali won by knockout, putting Foreman down just before the end of the eighth round. The fight grossed an estimated $100 million in today's currency. That would be half a, a, a billion dollars. And it has been called the greatest sporting event of the 20th century. Now, at 25 years of age, the younger and stronger foreman had superior punching power. He was the overwhelming favorite to win against Muhammad Ali. However, as the second round began, Ali began to lean on the ropes and cover up his face. And he let Foreman punch him on the arms and on the body while the ropes kept absorbing much of the impact. And as a result, over the next moments of the fight, Foreman exhausted his energy, throwing punch after punch that either missed entirely or at least were deflected away from Ali's head. Meanwhile, as Foreman's strength waned due to the large number of punches he threw, Ali took every opportunity that when he saw his way clear, he would shoot a strategic punch straight to Foreman's face, which was soon visibly puffy. Muhammad Ali would later refer to his strategy as the rope-a-dope. Because he was on the rope and Foreman was a dope, I guess. They, they didn't call Muhammad Ali the Louisville lip for nothing. In the weeks leading up to the fight, he taunted George Foreman publicly every chance he got with lines like this. You think the world was shocked when Nixon resigned? Wait till I whoop George Foreman's behind. This one became world famous. Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. His hands can't hit what his eyes can't see. Now you see me, now you don't. George thinks he will, but I know he won't. Whenever those two fighters were locked in clinches, Ali constantly talked in Foreman's ear. He kept baiting him every time they'd come up close and those fists would cease for a moment as they struggled to move away from each other. He would whisper or shout or talk in his ear and bait him to throw more and more punches. And an enraged George Foreman, he responded by doing exactly that. Some observers thought Ali was being horribly beaten because he kept kind of falling back on the ropes. And they worried that they might actually see him get killed in the ring. But by the fifth round, Foreman began to tire. Ali continued to taunt him by saying, they told me you could punch, George. Many years later in an interview, George Foreman observed, quote, I thought 
He was just one more knockout victim for me. Until about the seventh round, I hit him hard to the jaw. And then he held me and whispered in my ear, that all you got, George? And then George Foreman said, I realized that this ain't what I thought it was. Today marks our first service back in our sanctuary. After three months of restrictions, during that time we've battled a pandemic and flattened the curve and social distanced and stayed at home and self-quarantined. We've preached to cameras in empty auditoriums and worshiped online at home and in our parking lot. And we've all felt a bit frustrated and anxious and helpless in these unprecedented times. But I came to you with a word today. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, but we're not distressed. We are perplexed, but we're not in despair. We are sometimes persecuted, but never forsaken. And we even get cast down a few times, but we are not destroyed. So to the devil and all the forces of hell and anybody that's listening, I like to say, that all you got, we're still here. That all you got, we're still servant Jesus. Huh. Yeah. The devil thought he would knock us down. All he did was knocked us to our knees and we're still praying to God and serving God and loving Jesus and worshiping Jesus and that's not going to stop us. But it's more than just the coronavirus, isn't it? There's a violent spirit that has been let loose in our world. Legitimate protests have turned into riots and looting. And the media has stoked the fires of hatred and division. Political correctness has infected our beautiful country with an anti-Christian, anti-moral, anti-God agenda. And as you look around, nation is against nation. Kingdom against kingdom. Ethnicity against ethnicity. And everywhere you look, there are famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. The human race, quite frankly, is in serious trouble in 2020. But I have a word. Every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist whereof you have heard that it should come and even now already it is in the world. But ye are of God, little children, and you have overcome all of that because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So to the devil and hell and anybody listening, I say, is that all you got? We can survive this. We can have revival in this. We can reach the lost in this because it's not going to stop us from serving God and preaching the gospel. That all you got? But it's more than violence too, isn't it? The adversary of God's creation is actually the mastermind behind all these horrific scenes you've been watching in the media. He's manipulating people with crazed emotion and carnal perversion and crippling addiction. He prowls around 
literally as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. It is a treacherous thing to live in the end times, this close to the coming of the Lord, when the awareness is so low and the stakes are so high. This is the era of casual, uncommitted Christianity. It is the season of astonishing signs of the times that would have kept our elders preaching at us for weeks, but no one even notices them anymore. But in the midst of all that lethargy and apathy, in the midst of all that backsliding and apostasy, I have a word. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. Listen to me, devil, if you can hear my voice. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. So what are you going to do about that devil? If we'll give Jesus everything, what can you do? That all you got? Three brave Hebrew boys faced down the most powerful ruler of their time refusing to bow to his image, refusing to follow the crowd, refusing to yield to threats, refusing to succumb to fear, and refusing to surrender God-given convictions to peer-driven pressure. And their words echo through the corridors of time and history. If it be so, if we die, if you're gonna throw us into that blazing inferno, if it be so, we got an announcement for you, King Nebuchadnezzar. Our God, whom we serve, he is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. Either way, we're getting out of here. If we burn to a crisp in the furnace, you can't touch us. And if God delivers us, you still can't touch us. So one way or the other, either way or the other, we're getting out of your hand. Can I announce to you and to the spiritual realm that either way, we're gonna be okay. If we go to heaven, we're great. And if we stay here and serve Jesus, we're gonna survive. So either way, we're fine, but if not, if God doesn't come through, if God doesn't heal the way we think he should, if God doesn't do what we requested, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. That all you got, king? A furnace, really? That's not stopping us. Is that all you got, devil? The threat of panic and anxiety and fear? You think you're gonna scare us by threatening us with heaven? Are you stupid? Is that all you got? One lonely, hurting man faced down crushing losses, crippling sickness, a critical wife and less than compassionate friends as he sprawled in pain and agony on a dung heap and scraped his oozing sores in a vain attempt to find relief 
from the searing pain. He cried until his eyes were dry. His voice was gone. His heart was broken. And his faith was shaken. But then he straightened his back as much as he could. And he dried his tears with filthy stained hands. And he said, For I know that my Redeemer liveth and that he shall stand. If I'm not standing after this, my Redeemer is still gonna be standing after this. If I don't come out of this the way I hope, my Redeemer's still gonna bring me through. I know that my Redeemer liveth and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body in a grave somewhere, there's still coming a day that in my flesh I shall see God and I'll see him for myself. My eyes will behold him and not another, even though my reins, my body, my flesh, my bones are consumed within me. My God is large and in charge. He is in control yesterday, today, and forever. He has not failed. He's not sick. He's not scared of the coronavirus. And he's not scared of everybody that's talking about fear and panic and pandemonium. God is in control of our lives. That all you got? A little bit of sickness, that all you got? I don't like sickness. Sickness scares us. We get concerned. We've got precious people in our church that we're praying for, interceding and fasting and praying that God turns their situation around. But let me announce to you, we're gonna get an answer one way or the other. And as far as I can read any kind of signs of the times, we're all gonna be together in heaven before very long anyway. So we're gonna trust God when we don't understand God and we're gonna follow the one instruction that we have in the word of God and that is pray for healing. Pray for healing. Pray for healing. But God heals either way. God heals both ways. So sickness, that all you got? My missionary friend, Steve Willoughby, he left us on February the 8th, 2013. He was two years younger then than I am now today. He had watched his beloved wife, Barbara, succumb to cancer in a Singapore hospital four years earlier in the month of August after she waged a 12-year battle with that dreaded disease. And his own cancer had by then robbed him of his mobility months before he ever passed. I was in Singapore, used to walk down to the front row of Chinatown Point, that huge auditorium with the big theater slope floor. And I would go there after every service, just as soon as I finished preaching or we finished praying. And I'd sit down beside that lazy boy chair where he had to sit, he couldn't stand by then. And I would just let him talk and pray and minister and preach a little and whatever he wanted to do. What a great man of God. And in the middle of his own battle, <clears throat> in the middle of his own struggle, Steve Willoughby said these words. Satan, devil, Lucifer, whatever you're called, your name represents destruction, death, and disease. You kill, destroy, maim, wound, hurt, murder, and slaughter. You are heartless, 
soulless, without love, mercy, or kindness. Your rep name represents deceit, deception, and dishonesty. You are a con, a liar, a cheat, and a counterfeiter. You're a fraud, a fake, a pretender, and a phony. You are the propagator of pain and poison. And you don't scare me. Because you are not the God of me. You are not the Lord of me. You have no authority in my life except by permission. You can't kill, hurt, or destroy the eternal part of me because I belong to Jesus. He is my redeemer, my rescuer, my restorer, and my savior. He is my Lord by choice. I choose him and I reject you, Satan, and every everything about you and as for this Jesus I trust him I love him I love his will I love his ways I love his truth I love his doctrine I love his holiness I am confident in his love because his love never fails it never ends it is forever as promised and in the name of Jesus there is peace, light, love, and joy. Jesus has all power. He has dominion. And you, Satan, you never get the final say. Never, ever. That all you got? Jesus is greater than you ever thought of being. Our dear friend, Elder Vernon Bustard, left us early Friday morning after his own battle with cancer. And we will have his homegoing service on Wednesday afternoon. And we will miss him terribly at CCC. He was a good and godly man. He supported his pastors and he loved this church. He was a beloved husband, father, grandfather, brother, pastor, and elder. And while he was always gracious and always positive, he didn't like being, being in hospice care any more than you would have. He kept saying over and over, I want to go home. Home to mow the lawn and tend the garden and fix the car. Home to look after everything and look after Judy. Home. He kept saying it over and over. And once they finally relaxed the restrictions, I got to go in every couple of days in that sunny little room at Hospice House. It's a beautiful place. The staff there is tremendous. And we laughed and talked and prayed and worshiped. He would have said it this way, we had fellowship. And he never stopped talking about going home. But somewhere in the midst of it all, I don't remember the visit, he shifted gears on us. He was no longer talking about their neat-as-a-pin property outside Fredericton anymore. Judy and I both tried to change the subject but he was not having it. And when we would protest a little and say, well, we want you to go home with Sister Judy, he would say, but this is what we live for. Home. This is what we live for. This is what he preached all those years. Home. Death is certainly scary, but there's nothing scary about home. And no matter how much the devil threatens, 
And no matter how many victories or battles he may win, he cannot take away our hope of home. This is the last scripture I read at Brother Bustard's bedside just after he slipped the bonds of this earthly existence and headed home. For I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith henceforth. There is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. There is nothing down here that can tarnish or diminish or rob me of my crown over there. There is nothing powerful enough on this earth to prevent that. I stand here in this room with many of you that have lost loved ones, but please remember, we didn't lose them. God took them to heaven. He took them home. You talk about today. We're so excited to be back in a building on a Sunday morning in the month of June. We stood, we cried, we smiled, we applauded, we praised God. Can you imagine that final day when all the saints of all the ages get done with the virus of sin down here and we walk in to heaven and we see Jesus sitting on the throne and we see our loved ones. You talk about welcome home. You talk about a great day and there's nothing hell can do about it. So on behalf of every loved one who's gone on, hey devil, that all you got? Death, that all you got? The grave, that all you got? No, no, Jesus has the keys to death and hell and the grave. And we're headed for a welcome home celebration. Oh my, <laughs> oh my, <laughs> This is an apostolic service. You can praise God through a mask if you want to. That's perfectly okay. But would you lift up your voice and would you give Jesus a great praise in this room? You may not be able to touch us, but you can touch him. You might not be able to feel a touch from us today, but you can feel his touch in the sanctuary right now. Music team, come on back. (laughs) Oh, that felt so good. We need to back up and do another wave. They're talking about the second wave of coronavirus. I don't know if we'll get that. I'd like to see a second wave of worship in this service right now. Somebody say it to nobody in particular, to everybody around, and to the devil himself. Say, is that all you got? (laughs) We have not been together in this building for three solid months. And with all the restrictions that still exist, in many ways, it would be easier to sit home and watch church online. And yet, here we are. 
many voices are telling us that this is the new normal for Christians. Stay home, be safe, practice your faith from the privacy of your home and the comfort of your couch. And yet, here we are. <laughs> many churches have been irreparably damaged in attendance and finance by not having in-person services for three months. Some of them will close, unfortunately. Our giving is up dramatically over last year. You folks are incredible. Our missions giving is up significantly over last year. That's God's faithful people. Oh, churches, they're not going to survive. And yet, here we are. And as for attendance, here we are. Many people expect that social distancing will set harsh new parameters for church gatherings, making worship awkward, stiff, and cumbersome. And yet, here we are! <laughs> Some experts, and my goodness, haven't we had an influx of experts lately? Some experts even expect church as we know it to die. After all, look at everything that is against us. But I have a word. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who or what can be against us? Huh. Oh my. You can stand, I'm gonna close. I will confess that Facebook usually doesn't make me cry. It has made me very angry. It has sometimes amused me, although that is seldom. It has made me shake my head, or as the young people would say, SMH. But it doesn't really make me cry very often. But when I posted that, I sat at my desk and the tears wouldn't stop. Because we're back. We don't know what the future holds. None of us really know what even tomorrow holds or next week or next month or next year. But if God be for us, who 
can be against us. There could be tears and loss and sickness and pain or even death, but Jesus is gonna be with us and he's gonna see us through. A virus? Devil? Really? Is that all you got? We're still here. And this church is going to be here. Right now, the power of God is so real in this room. We'll dismiss in a moment. Please don't get in a hurry. Would you lift up your hands one more time? Somebody, the delivering power of God wants to spring you out of that spiritual lethargy that has attacked your life over the last three months. Somebody, God would like to step in and give you deliverance of a different kind. He'd like to heal a relationship. He'd like to heal a disease that you're very concerned about and you've seen a physician about. God can do that. God will do that. God does do that. And some of you, you need to open up your mouth right now because God in this atmosphere, he'd like to refill you or maybe fill you for the first time with the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues and let you get your joy back. It's been a tough three months. Let you get your peace back. It's been an anxiety producing three months. Let you get all of that back right now. I can't tell you to reach over and touch somebody. We're not gonna do that to you. But I can ask you to reach up and with your voice and with your worship and with your praise, touch Jesus right now and let him touch you. And if you're watching online, let Jesus touch you right now, wherever you sit, wherever you sit. I need some tongue talkers in this room. I need some prayer warriors in this room. I need some exuberant worshipers in this room. Just because I have to stand still doesn't stop my praise. Just because I can't get somebody else to lay their hand on me doesn't stop my worship. So Mando lo lo ra ra ba 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 kya sha sa ba ba ra ba 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 sha sa ba Mando lo bo sha sa Yes 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 Sore ba ra ke ya le bo lo to ra ba ba be bi ko sha ba Sonde le ba le da ra ba ba sha sa ba Yes Sore ba le Yes, Jesus. Listen very carefully. I am not asking you to break rules or policy or distancing. But for those in your bubble that are right there next to you, your spouse, your children, siblings, parents, whatever, within your bubble, don't, don't break rules and policies, but within your bubble, would you take somebody by the hand and I want to pray before we leave here today. Oh my goodness, you feel that? 
Oh, the devil tried to launch an attack that would strike fear into the hearts of the people of God. That all you got, devil? Look at us. Listen to us. Watch us. We're still in love with Jesus and we're still here. If you've ever prayed fervently in your life, pray fervently right now. We are not going to go through a little lecture and a little inspirational thought and a nice little song and walk home unchanged. Jesus wants to minister to a home, to a marriage, to a family right now. Oh, up in the balcony, that's beautiful. We got, oh, that looks so good. I know you're helping us with distancing, but prophetically, that balcony with people in it, that looks really good. That's a picture of our future right there. And I love Osha Sabahakia. Kando Lababakia Talabaha. Mendo Rababakia Sabaha. Redolo Shasabaha. Reba Lederabokoshesa. Soto Rababakiera. In the name of Jesus. Now, Lord God, <laughs> I speak deliverance and healing and peace and forgiveness and joy into the homes that are represented here. We've had some fractures and some fissures over the last three months. We've had some issues, some tensions, some anxieties over the last three months. We've had some layoffs and some setbacks and some losses over the last three months. But with Job we say, even though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And so Jesus, we're calling on your name right now today. Minister to every home and every life. And God, continue the work you've begun this morning as we leave and go home and go our separate ways. I need this great church to lift your voice and shout in Jesus' name. He's going to do it. <laughs>